Shalom. I'm Mitch Glazer, president of Chosen People Ministries. So glad to be with you. We have a very important, very personally meaningful topic to me today uh, because we're going to be talking about 9-11 as we are right on top of the 20th anniversary of this incredibly important event. With me is Bobby Walter, who is our regional director in the New York area, part of Chosen People Ministries. And great to be with you, Bobby. And this is going to be a tremendous time together today. Yeah, yeah, I agree, Mitch. And uh, shalom and welcome, everyone, on The Chosen People. Today, we're going to be talking about September 11th, 2001, uh, the day when the world stood still. Mitch, do you remember where you were? I was in our New York Chosen People office, East 51st Street, between 2nd and 3rd Avenue. I was in my office, and it was getting close to 9 a.m., and our receptionist basically screamed and said, oh my God, Mm -hmm. the plane flew into the Twin Towers. And I'll tell you a little bit more about what happens a little later on, Bob. Yeah. Well, I look forward to it. It's hard to believe that it's been 20 years already, but we do have a wonderful program where we are also going to have a very special guest, Miss Darlene Line, who is a retired federal agent who is actually on the ground right after that fateful day. And the Lord really used her time of service at Ground Zero to call her into ministry. Welcome back to The Chosen People. As we mentioned, today we're going to be talking about September 11th, 2001. And uh, Mitch, I really want to hear more about what went on in New York City, what your experience was that day. Yeah. On a personal level, Bobby, it was extraordinary. Um, I usually I commuted into the city by subway and was uh, at my desk. But at that time, I had two beautiful uh, little girls, uh, actually little younger teenager and the other three years older, a little older teenager. And they were in high school, in uh, Hunter High School, which is on 94th Street and Park Avenue. We lived in Brooklyn, so they needed to take the subway all the way to the uh, Upper East Side. And I was about halfway between Brooklyn and the school, about 40 more blocks. We had about 25, 30 people standing in that room together watching the first tower basically become engulfed in flames. And we we didn't know what to think. And then just we watched all together as the second jet smashed into the second trade tower. Some of the people just let out shouts, started crying, and it was a very difficult moment. We we basically uh, held hands and we prayed. And um, eventually, we all watched both towers come down. And so it was, it was more horrible, more dramatically horrible than I can ever uh, describe. But most of us who were in that room at that point were parents. Mm-hmm. And so all I could think about was where was my daughter on her way to school underneath the ground in the subway and was... Was she went right under Wall Street in the commute, and so I had no idea if if she got buried under the weight of these buildings crumbling, mm-hmm. because so many cell towers were up on the twin towers, cell phones were out. There were no phones at their school that anybody could use. They hunkered them all down at the school, and 
There was no communication. So I don't mm. think I knew if my daughters were alive or dead until about 2 p.m. Wow. And a bunch of the other moms and some dads decided that they couldn't just stay around. And so they all began walking home. Some lived in Brooklyn, so they walked over the Brooklyn Bridge. Some walk lived uh, in Queens, and they walked over the Whitestone Bridge. So there was no subways, no buses, no phones. Everybody was incommunicado. All of us were praying and concerned, not only about our own children, but of course, we knew that there were thousands of people who probably lost their lives. And... Uh, Every day for the next, probably for the next two weeks, uh, we would bring sandwiches, supplies, sweatpants, towels, socks, uh, down to the people who were trying to dig through the rubble, like our dear friend Darlene, who's going to share with us in just a moment. And we, we, all we could do is really help the first responders. The other thing we did is we went to Union Square, where a lot of the relatives were gathered waiting to find out if their loved ones were alive. Wow. And what we did is we prayed for people. We passed around. By that time, cell phones were working, but a lot of people, for some reason, didn't have one. And we passed around cell phones, and, uh, and people would call. Now, just a couple days later was the Jewish holiday of Rosh Hashanah, mm -hmm. uh, the new year. And we had rented a place a couple blocks from the Empire State Building. At this point, we didn't know who was a target. We didn't know whether or not we were a target. We didn't know because we're near the UN. We didn't know whether or not the Empire State was a target. But we had our high holiday service, our Rosh Hashanah service, at this place about 14 floors up. And we had a couple of hundred people there. And the one thing I remember is I preached on Psalm 23 because Psalm 23 posters were all over New York City and people were turning to the Lord in, in some ways. And I preached on Psalm 23 and it was just so moving for me because people needed to really understand that he is the shepherd who leads his sheep. And even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we don't have to fear evil because he is with us and his rod and his staff take care of us. He uses them to make sure we get to where we're supposed to go. My kids were alive. A bunch of kids in their school lost parents. I lost some people that I knew. And then the recovery began, but it was very, very, very slow. And so I have so much more to say, Bobby, but all I can tell you is that I saw the faithfulness of God in the midst of an incredible tragedy. And it helped shape my character for the future, and it really helped shape the character of Chosen People Ministries. We realized that we needed to depend upon God and that life in this world was incredibly frail, and we always needed to trust Him. So that's a bit of my story, Bobby. I wish I could tell you more, but I hope that uh, this gives you some of the feelings of someone who, who went through this event. At the heart of every believer is a desire to walk in the ways of the Savior. This fall, we'd like to encourage you to go deeper by connecting with our Messiah's culture. 
Throughout the Gospels, we read that Jesus was a Jewish man, celebrating the biblical feasts with his disciples. So the feast days must be significant for us too. And to help you discover the past, present, and prophetic impact of the biblical feasts coming up this fall, we invite you to contact us. We have a variety of articles, books, and newsletters that will help you to learn more about these special appointed times. And you can even invite one of our speakers to your local church. Visit us online at chosenpeople.com radio. That's chosenpeople.com radio. Or connect with us today by calling 888-293-7482. We look forward to hearing from you soon. Welcome back. You're listening to The Chosen People. And right now we have Darlene Line, who is a dear sister, a co-laborer in the fields here with Chosen People Ministries, and she's also a retired federal agent. And she's here to tell us a little bit more about what it was like in New York City during that time, during 9-11 and in the aftermath of 9-11, and how God moved her into a place of ministry through her work. Thank you, Bobby. Thank you, Mitch, for uh, the opportunity to share what I call my call in his appointed time. And a little backdrop, I had served 26 years in federal service, and three of those included three years in the United States Air Force. And I have to say that my turning point to coming into a full-service commitment with the Lord that manifested at the inception of the egregious acts of September 11, 2001. And I have to say that throughout my career, I had been placed in countless situations that required conflict, crisis, and just the unknown. However, none of my training could have ever equipped or prepared me to handle what we faced in the 9-11 terrorist attack and its aftermath. Being emotionally geared to handle that, I don't know that anybody is ever prepared for that. It was an absolute war zone. And while I was working amidst those tragic remains and the rescue, the recovery, the smoke, the fire, the, the ambulance, there was such a heaviness and a burden and hopelessness that waited in the air. And I was assigned, uh, actually it would be September 12th, where the Trade Center 1 and 2, World Trade Center, the Twin Towers 1 stood, and I was working recovery, because initially in the, the beginning few days, there was rescue and recovery. But as we know, if you didn't get out right away, um, there was no rescue, really. Many lives were taken. And uh, there was this overwhelming desire that all of us wanted to help, to do more. Uh, we struggled through the smoke, through the beams, and, and just going through, trying to find a survivor. And the, this overwhelming desire to just be able to do that, uh, it was paramount. And I recall looking into, it would be Six World's uh, Trade Center, which would have been on the corner of Vesey Street, and the Twin Towers would have been off to my right. And it was like a big crater in the earth. 
Okay, it was like an atrium. And I remember looking into this pit and there was this malodorous smoke that filled the air. And the fires were constant, firemen were working laboriously to put these fires out. Um, and as I looked, I said, oh God, this looks like hell. I said, it smells like what I think would hell would be like. I said, Lord, the only thing I don't hear is the gnashing of teeth. And then as I looked up, I saw the steel-like structures, a plethora of steel-like structures of the beams that remained, and it was in a cross-like formation. And then amidst that very devastation and destruction and what appeared to be all hell in devastation, I saw this cross in the middle standing and it would come to be the cross that is in the museum today. It had in the middle of it this big concrete boulder. And I said, Lord, you're the rock of my salvation. And as, as this, this cross stood amidst that, I said, Lord, you are sovereign and you'll prevail. And I was reminded what the psalmist wrote in Psalm 1830. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those who trust him. And this site, I wasn't the only one that noticed this cross. This site later became known as God's house. And when rescue people would go in with the dogs, they would mark on the wall in bold orange sticks how many times the dogs and rescue teams pass through a certain area. So two times, three times, four times, the slash five times. And then you saw someone wrote God's house. It would become a time of prayer for the workers. It would become a time of crying throughout all of that. And during this time, Jesus, Yeshua, proved himself again very faithful to me. Because you see, when a situation appears beyond our control, it's not beyond God's. I prayed with confidence and I said, Lord God, I know that you will act according to your character with your infinite power. And he responded to my petitions. I did feel helpless, but praise God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I was not hopeless. And on September 12th, the Lord called me into ministry. And it wasn't like some thunder out of the sky or anything, but I knew in the very depth of my heart, in my kishkas, that the Lord was calling in me into ministry. And then I thought I was going to drop everything. I said, Lord, do you want me to just not be on rescue recovery? Do you want me to not be an agent? And he said, be still and know that I am God. And it would be several years before this transition would come to full manifestation where I would leave that job, get my studies in the Feinberg and come serve alongside with chosen people. And as I look back, you know, I, I just, I think about this story and is calling me into to ministry, all right? There were days and months and years following. 9-11 had a harsh impact and it was a very bleak time. The echoes of fear, uncertainty and despair, it was riveting. 
I did feel helpless at times. Sometimes I did feel overwhelmed. I had moments of fear. Who didn't at that time? Despair, sorrow. I cried, but I prayed. And I knew that the Lord would come through, and he did. And that's when he called me. And I have to say that he did act according to his character and by the power of his spirit. That manifestation of my trust in the Lord, I was putting my hope in him. And my faith rose up from that rubble. My hope became much more immovable because I knew that I rested it all on him. I didn't have the answers, but I knew he did. I had many opportunities to share what the Lord had done, even with the people that I had arrested or come into contact later on of what the Lord had done. You see, because he's a God who never sleeps or slumbers. He's, 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 he's in control of it all. And hope, that's the most important thing because hope is not a grandiose wish list. Hope, the Hebrew word is tikva. And when you have that, it's connected or associated with God. It expresses that confidence where not just for a future outcome, but in the very present, the divine strength of him. And that's what I felt from him as the hope that I have in Yeshua. And that hope is not an abstract wish. Hope in Messiah Yeshua is absolute. And he certainly showed up. Darlene, could you please uh, tell us what were you actually doing down there in the pit and how did it impact the health of your coworkers? We were um, in the beginning doing rescue, helping alongside with the medical team, fire departments and construction and just uh, wherever we could be needed. And also we had you know, the federal buildings were there. You had the customs house, so we had safes of narcotics. There was a firing range, so there was a lot of ammunition. There was uh, evidence rooms. Secret Service was in Building 7. Uh, so you had FBI, U.S. Customs. You had Internal Revenue. You had various federal agencies in there. Um, so we were also trying to uh, recover uh, evidence, monies, of course, people first. We even worked the landfill later, which was where they would send all the debris to the Staten Island landfill. And I remember one time we would rake through stuff and we were in Tyvek suits. I was working with this young guy and all of a sudden he just turned very pale and I went alongside him and um, it was a partial person unearthed in the debris. And so we saw many horrific things Many of my uh, colleagues have gotten sick to the effects of working down in 9-11. They literally did sacrifice their lives because they're no longer here with us. But through it all, the Lord moved. There's this crazy paradox that happens. You have good versus evil, hope versus fear. What happens when there's a tragedy of any kind? You see the, the philanthropists, the good people, the ones that care, that want to come out and help. And then you see the, the unlawful, the, the people who want to bring violence, hate, and crime. And uh, so you always have this um, dichotomy or this split, you know. Um, but God is in control, and he really touched the lives of many people throughout that very difficult time and still does. Yeah. Darlene, I know on behalf of our radio audience, 
and all of those involved with Chosen People Ministries and with this radio show, we want to thank you for your service. And we deeply appreciate your sacrifice. Uh, we don't know what we would have done in a situation like this, but we can't imagine how horrible it was for you. We just want to thank you for all that you did. Oh, thank you, and thank the Lord. <laughs> Thanks, Darlene, for being with us. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Calendars are an important part of every society. They help us honor the past, remember the present, and even look forward to the future. And that's why we like to help you learn more about God's eternal calendar as we journey through the fall feasts this month. Discover why the 23rd chapter of Leviticus is one of the most fascinating and instructive chapters in all of the Bible, as Daniel Fuchs explains Israel's holy days in type and prophecy. The book is our gift to you just for reaching out today. Connect with us online at chosenpeople.com radio, or ask for the book, Israel's Holy Days in Type and Prophecy, when you call 888-293-7482. Our prayer is that the Lord will help you see and embrace these special days for what they truly are. Not just holidays, but God's holy days. And no matter how you connect with us, we look forward to hearing from you soon. Welcome back. You're listening to The Chosen People. And Mitch, this has been such a solemn and eye-opening conversation today. And I think it's important for us to try to end with a message of hope a message that we can really take hold of, sort of like what Darlene was alluding to, how out of the ashes of Ground Zero, uh, she saw the Lord move, and she saw the Lord really set her on a new path toward ministry. Yes. I think we have to have hope because God offers us hope. I think we have a great appetite for hope right now, Bobby, because of COVID, right. not only in the United right. States, but around the world. And so this this whole theme of restoration is so important. And I had to come to a point during the 9-11 event where I accepted the destruction. And that was very, very difficult for me. It was just so symbolic, which is why they chose the right. towers. And But now there's the Freedom Tower, and I pass it quite often, a beautiful tower dominating the downtown skyline of New York mm -hmm. City. And it's such a beautiful sight and a reminder that there is restoration. And as believers in Jesus and Yeshua the Messiah, and Darlene certainly attested to this, we are able to experience restoration because there is a living God who's all-powerful, who turns sorrow into joy. And that's my prayer for all those who lost loved ones in 9-11, who lost loved ones during the COVID crisis, um, have hope and recognize that we have a God who raises the dead and turns sorrow into joy. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. This is The Chosen People. And if you would like to learn more about this program, about Chosen People Ministries, or if you missed our special September 11th conference, you can catch a replay online at chosenpeople.com radio. And then as we prepare our hearts for Yom Kippur, or the Day of Atonement, which takes place next week, we'd like to invite you to go online to review our three-part study on sin and forgiveness. You'll find this study online at chosenpeople.com radio. And now to close us with the ironic benediction, 
Here's Michael Rydelnik and Mitch Glazer. Yivarechacha Adonai v'yishmarecha Ya'er Adonai panavalecha v'yichunecha Yisa Adonai panavalecha V'yaseim lecha Shalom May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and be gracious to you. May the face of the Lord shine upon you and give you peace. B'Shem Shel Yeshua HaMashiach, Sar Shalom, in the name of Jesus the Messiah, the Prince of Peace. The Chosen People is produced and sponsored by Chosen People Ministries.